Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. If we treat work as a necessary evil rather than a divine assignment, we are going to miss the blessing and purpose of God. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context, where we are equipping believers to lead in all aspects of life. On our last podcast, we introduced the idea of how God grows and governs things. And we looked at Genesis 2.5, where it talks about he needed a shrub, he needed a man, and he needed rain. In other words, there's a divine sequence to the way God does things and the way God moves. A lot of times Christians are more mystical than they are spiritual, and they think that they and God are operating in a vacuum, and it's just not the case. And so when we understand the authentic sequences of God, then we can see the authentic fruit that God wants to produce in our life with us and in us and through us. So I want to pick up on that again, and I want to go now back to Genesis 2, but I want to move up 10 verses to verse 15. I want to read verse 15 to you. It says, Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it, and to keep it. So God placed the man. You know, when I, when I see that word, I think of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, where it says, and God has placed every member in the body as it has pleased him. God is a placer. He's a master strategist. He is a father who's fitting things together. And God placed man in the garden, and he gave him a commission to do two things, it says here to cultivate it, and to keep it. So let's just backtrack just a little bit. Uh, You have probably heard the teaching, I've heard it, that work is a result of sin and work is a result of the fall. This is obviously not true and cannot bear up under biblical scrutiny. I think weeds and rocks are maybe a result of uh, the fall possibly, but certainly not just the ethic of work. Because here we see God assigning work to man long before there was sin, long before there was a fall. God has put it in the heart of man to bear fruit, to produce fruit, to use his hands, to use his heart, to use his mind, to produce things that reflect the glory and character of God, not just to to meet his own personal needs, not just to work to pay the bills and put food on the table, but to go beyond there. And I would say this to you, if you're a guy or a gal for that matter, because this applies to all of us, and you feel like you are stuck, I mean, just stuck in your spiritual growth, maybe just just kind of stuck like life is not sharp right now. It's kind of got rounded edges. And there is my phone ringing in the background in my high-tech uh, studio. So we'll just ignore that for a minute and move on. Uh, I, I think one of the ways you get unstuck is simply this. Look at what you're doing for a living. Look at what you're doing to serve your company, your vision, somebody else's company, somebody else's vision. And ask yourself this question, are you really doing that as an act of worship to God? I'm not asking, are they paying you the right amount? I'm not asking, do they appreciate what you're doing? I'm not even asking if your boss is reasonable. I'm asking you that despite those circumstances, 
Are you really honestly doing that as an act of worship? My divine suspicion is this. When men and women start acting like that, even especially, I would say, in less than ideal circumstances and situations where they're trying to earn a living, and they they bring the kingdom. We talk about you know bringing the kingdom. That's how you bring the kingdom. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to do this deal uh, you know, I'm going to do it the way the boss wants me to do it. I'm going to do it even better. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to, I'm going to leave late. I'm going to do whatever I got to do, but I'm going to do it not just to earn a paycheck. I'm going to do it to the glory of God. My work is going to be a f- reflection of my worship. Those two things go together. And I believe we could get a lot of people unstuck. If you are mentoring people, if you're discipling people, if you're raising leaders up, This is a really good question just to go back and check with them every once in a while because, you know, the circumstance of life will kind of make our blade dull. You know, we'll be beating it into the ground and it it really needs to be sharp. So I I would encourage you to get unstuck with this. I was, uh, this is near and dear to my heart. I guess it was last year, maybe, maybe longer than that now. I was driving down one day. Our family has some investment property and I had to go handle a situation at one of them. There was no one else to do it. And I had to get up early and, you know, go through all that. And Lord knows I've got a lot of other things on my plate that I consider a higher priority. And I was driving there kind of mumbling to myself. I wasn't praying to God. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't singing Psalms. I was mumbling and I was mumbling about, I got to drive down here and deal with this situation. You know, and it was like in the middle of that, the Lord arrested me and really challenged me on how thankful I should be that I'm even in that circumstance. How many people would trade that opportunity? And I'm driving in a nice vehicle. I'm I'm driving down a safe road. I I have some skill set that I can offer when I show up there, and and it's something that's going to bless my family. And all I was looking at was what an inconvenience it is for me to do the other things that I deem more important. And truth is, they probably are more important. But whatever we do, we should do as an act of worship. And I said all that to say this. If we treat work as a necessary evil and rather than a divine assignment, we are going to miss the blessing and the purpose of God that is happening in our life on a day-to-day basis. See, that's what's so important about this. God placed man in the garden to give him a function, to give him a cooperation with God, to have him to bear fruit, to have him to mark out his dominion. You know, if you're not taking dominion, uh, let me say this way, if you're not worshiping God with your work, at your work, then you're not going to be able to take dominion beyond that. That's just the truth of it. If you want to stretch your dominion, you've got to do what you're doing as unto the Lord with your whole heart. And you know what? That applies to ministry. Think of Ephesians 4, that he gave gifts to the church to equip believers for what? The work of the ministry. There is work in ministry. You know, you might like what you're doing in ministry, or maybe probably I would say like with me, I like the result of what I do. I don't necessarily get thrilled about all the details I've got to do that I'm not, you know, especially gifted to do or somebody else could do better on any given day, those type of things. But when you put them in the context 
of the job that needs to be done, the fruit can, that you can bear, you've got to understand that there is work in the ministry and we're all have to do things that we're not called to do so we can do the things we are called to do. There are elements of work that you're going to have to do that you wish somebody else would do or you wish no one had to do or you don't feel gifted to do, but they're work that needs to be done. You know, like, you know, if you want to have a nice meal and, and, and bring people and put around the table, somebody's got to go to work and pay for it. Somebody's got to skin the chicken. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to do, there's work involved and, and most people don't necessarily enjoy that work, but they enjoy what comes out of it. They enjoy that time around the table. Well, that's true in preaching the word. You know, I enjoy preaching the word and around the table, but preparing can be work sometimes, sometimes more work than others, but you've got to dig, you've got to strain, you've got to pray, you've got to hold yourself accountable. You've got to put everything in context. You've got to analyze what you're saying. You've got to make your points. I mean, there's effort. There is work that goes into preparing for any type of ministry. You're counseling somebody. You should be prayed up. You should be ready to walk in there and hear from the Lord. There is work involved in the ministry. And so work should be part of our worship. It's not a necessary evil. Now he divides this into two groups. He says to cultivate it. You know, that means to nurture it, to fertilize it, uh, to, to groom it, to, to weed it, uh, to cultivate. There are two different words, you know, and, and if you look at these words in a relational context, you know, they really begin to bear fruit. And, you know, somebody pointed out to me recently that, you know, the word cultivate carries with it the idea of repetition. When you cultivate something, you, you know, you, you, you go after it again and again. I've not ever been into horticulture or anything like that, but the last three years, I've planted a garden for the first time in my life, and I've really enjoyed it. What I don't enjoy is pulling the same weeds I pulled the week before. Like, how did that weed come up there? You know, it, they just keep coming. And so when you're cultivating, there, there, is a, there is a repetition. There is a plan. There is a model. There is a method. This is what ministry looks like. This is what your life looks like. When you want change in your life, you just don't try something. Oh, I'm going to try. I hear people say, oh, I'm going to try that. No, 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 no. You got to commit to a course of action. I'm going to commit to that course of action. It's going to be 10, 20, 30, 40, whatever it is. How many days? I'm going to commit that. I'm, I'm not going to try this out. You know, I'm in, I'm going to serve this ministry this year. I'm going to, I'm going to dot the I's. I'm going to cross the T's. I'm going to cultivate it. I'm going to keep doing everything I know to do and wait for the fruition. You know, you think about a farmer. A farmer goes out there, plants the seed, and then starts cultivating. He doesn't see anything above ground, but every whatever their cycle is, you know, if it's every week, it's every day, There, there's different things they do at different times, different cycles. You know, that's how we ought to be about our life. That's how we ought to be about our own spiritual growth. That's how we ought to be about developing relationships. That's how we ought to be about even sharing our faith with people. I'm going to cultivate that relationship. I'm going to, I'm going to try to share this with them today. I'm going to try to latch onto that thing they said. I'm just going to keep cultivating that ground. I'm going to keep cultivating that ground. There's a repetition. Strong churches, strong families, strong ministries, strong businesses have a couple things in common. And one of them is they know how to do a cycle. 
They know how to repeat things, okay? You know, when you go through the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A, when you order a chicken sandwich, they don't think, I wonder how we're going to make that sandwich today. They got a pattern. They got a plan. Like, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way every time, you know, and and this is what works for us. And they're just going to continue to do that. And they're going to do all the background work so that will work for them. Then the second word here is the word to keep. Okay. And that's, that's more of a radical term. That means to guard. That means to protect. That means to defend. That means to fight off. I'm going to, anybody comes after that fruit. I'm going to, I'm going to fight that off. You know, the good shepherd, he had the crook and he had the club, you know, the crook, the staff was to pull the sheep and, and yank on the sheep and pull the sheep out of a place or off the side of the cliff or pull them apart or whatever it may be. But the club that was, that was for beating the wolf. Okay. That, you know, that, that shepherd was going to defend, he was going to cultivate on one hand, but he's going to do some wolf whooping with the other hand. Okay. And, and we got to understand as disciple makers, as believers, you know, there are people, there are things, there is truth that even needs our defense for us to step up and say, I'm going to protect that. I'm going to, I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to be the one that makes a difference on this issue right here. God has placed us in the garden as part of his government and how he grows things to cultivate it and to keep it. Hey, I hope this has stirred some things up in your heart. And if you're stuck today that you say, you know, I'm getting unstuck. When I get in the car to drive to work tonight, tomorrow, today, whatever it is, I'm going to start worshiping. I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going to ask God to go in there and help me to be a worshiper. I'm going to take my assignment serious. I'm going to stop treating work as a necessary evil and as a divine assignment. And I believe if you do it in the ministry, you'll do it in the workplace. If you don't do it in the workplace, you won't do it in the ministry. Hey, Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Thanks for spending some time with me. God placed man in the garden to cultivate it and keep it. Our work should be a reflection of our worship. Work is not a necessary evil. Work is a divine assignment. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.